Welcome to Behind the Numbers, the podcast that keeps you updated with football within the hobby. Just really excited about the show today. Um, I have Ryan McDowell on of DLF Football. Uh, Ryan's helped me build my fantasy teams for over 10 years now at DLF, and I just really want to bring him on and get his dynasty ranks and compare him to our card values. And we had a great conversation around looking like some guys that are cheap, some guys that can sell. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. With that, the conversation was a little bit long, so I decided to go ahead and just kind of cut off the prism optic and uh, mosaic updates for you in terms of pricing i will get you for that on the next show however i did have three things i did want to throw by you real quick that's kind of been on my mind when it comes to uh, the football card market uh the first one is i'm really worried about select uh select just seems to be everywhere um it just seems the concourses and base rookies are falling down because there's a lot of them and i just think this might have been prism's try to test the market of what they could do in terms of how much they can print. And I do think that collectors are definitely noticing. I do think the abundance of color hits that aren't numbered is a little bit concerning. So just tread lightly with select. Just kind of be careful with select, kind of let it play out. Uh, it's still trying to be flipped. People are still paying in premium to get in breaks. Uh, just definitely kind of tread lightly with select would be my, my uh, advice to you. Stay to numbered stuff, not even color die cuts, not even you know any type of color. I would kind of gravitate towards only stuff that's numbered. Uh, so that's just my take on select. The second thing I want to talk about was just uh, PSA. Uh, a lot of stuff's coming out. It seems like they are starting to catch up. However, it does seem that they are getting harder on grading. A lot of people that are in the 75 to you know 80% range of gym rate are getting stuff back 40 to 55% gym rate. So if you're one of those people that's been waiting a long time for PSA to come back, just kind of <laughs> brace yourself because it just seems like it's not pretty. It seems like they're coming back and kind of readjusting their, their evaluations. And so uh, with that, there's going to be more nines. Uh, you're not going to get the gems you're hoping for. So those numbers you're throwing around in terms of what your cards might be worth might not be that. So just keep that in mind when it comes back to PSA. And the other thing I just want to share is just got a nice little P, uh, personal uh, ad PC collection here. I got a little Peyton Manning uh, Flare Showcase Row 3 uh, rookie card. I just like the Flare cards. I think that's more of just my time um, when I kind of was collecting back when I was younger. I have a couple of Kobe Bryant Flares as well, and I think they're really cool cards. Even though it's not the staple of Peyton Manning rookies, I definitely wanted to pick up some Peyton Manning rookies before his Hall of Fame induction but uh with this i'm just excited for this show please leave some comments to the show and follow me at uh numbers underscore behind Pr uh, proud member of bench clear media and let's get after it. let's have fun with this now for the part of the show that i'm extremely excited about i'm excited to bring in ryan mcdowell of dl football uh a guy that I have followed for pretty much all of my dynasty football career. Um, listen to your podcast, Dynasty Blueprint, which is now locked on fantasy, football fantasy. Um, but anyways, Ryan, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate you coming on giving us that dynasty football perspective. Help us with our hobby. Yeah, Tyson, glad to be on here. I uh, I was I was excited for this invitation. It's a, a little bit different than than the shows I normally do, and, and that's a good right. thing, you know. I, uh, definitely right. interested to to hear your perspective and kind of share my thoughts too. That's awesome. I could blend the two. So, you know, kind of my, my approach to this show and my approach to football cards is using that dynasty, you know, uh, knowledge to help make good decisions, help make little buys, even guys that just like. It's fun to, I've really found it fun to, like, for example, I have quite a few shares of Justin Jefferson. I find it pretty fun to blend that hobby and dynasty football uh, stock that I have. So it's been kind of a fun, fun blend for me. So I was excited to have you on the show, but thanks again. 
So I thought, I thought first off, we would just start off just because the rookies are still pretty fresh in our mind. Things are starting to settle, you know, what rookie camp's going. I thought we'd just kind of dive into your rookie ranks a little bit, and I kind of have mine as well, just kind of threw them up with yours. Um, what kind of stands up with the top five quarterbacks for you? I think you and I are pretty much chalk. We're the same. Trevor, uh, Trey, Fields, Wilson, and Mac Jones. I guess actually the question I will ask you, do you have Lance at two based on talent or based on situation? I guess I would have to say situation because pre-draft he was he was my QB three, but okay. I you know I went into it. Uh, I mean, before the before the draft, we we basically knew. Uh, I don't I don't know. I guess there were still the Mac Jones possibilities to to San Francisco, but um, I think a lot of a lot of people as the draft got closer thought it would be either Fields or Lance going to right. going to San Francisco, and I was basically of the mindset that whoever it is, is going to be my quarterback too. And if that was Mac Jones, maybe that wouldn't have been the case, but um, right. you know, that situation with, with Lance going there uh, pushed him up and, and flip flopped those two guys. But for me, they're, they're super close in, in rankings. Right. Yeah. I think just the Shanahan, the Shanahan thing is really attractive. Obviously he's a very good success right. giving a guy that actually can run as well. I think he can do a lot with that offense. He's, he's probably one of the better offensive minds in the league. You think about him, you think about Sean Payton. And so seeing a guy like Lance, I think if Lance or fields were there, they would have been my two for sure. I think I'm with you. Mac yeah. Jones it would have been kind of a deeper discussion. We probably had a lot more <laughs> variance in these top five just because yes. Mac doesn't have, I think Mac could have been a really successful quarterback. I mean, he could elevate to what Jimmy's doing, but he just doesn't have the legs. That that matters now in fantasy quite a bit. What what are your thoughts on Fields in Chicago? I think I might be a little more optimistic than some. I feel there's still people that are a little bit down on him. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of pieces there for him to work with, and I I still kind of believe in Nagy. What are your thoughts on Fields? I'm I'm excited about him in Chicago as well. You know, there was it it kind of became a, a narrative or, or a, a big storyline just how much he was being bashed pre-draft. Right. Uh, probably for you know probably undeservedly so yeah and um ultimately i was shocked that he fell that far um you know the bears trade up for him which i think was a smart move but between between those stories that we heard pre-draft and just the honestly the terrible history the bears have at the quarterback mm -hmm. position yep. i think those two things are, are kind of strikes against fields when you're looking i mean whether you're talking uh, fantasy football or, or you're talking about um, uh, talking about cards. So, I, I mean, I, if, if there's any, uh, you know, any dip in value, I, I would love to take advantage of that again in, in either, uh, either opportunity. Yeah. And I think when you compare it to me, you really have to look at things kind of long-term. Like for example, uh, I look about Herbert, like Herbert had a phenomenal year. Herbert's really high in dynasty ranks, which we get to, but he's in the same division as Mahomes. It's going to hurt him. He's really going to cap his ceiling because I don't know how many often, how often the Chargers are going to be better than the Chiefs. I just don't, I don't see that. And then you look at Fields right now. Chicago by doing that is really with the so what's what's going on with Rodgers. When Lions, you know, Goff's not really the long-term answer for them, and the Vikings have Cousins. They're really the only team that has a positive young quarterback. We can talk about Jordan Love a little bit, but it seems like. Green Bay is not sold on him, but it just seems like they yeah. might have put themselves in a position there. Fields might be the best quarterback in three years in that division. So I think that's something to think about as well. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not far. You know, we're we're an Aaron Rodgers trade away from saying Justin Fields is the most talented quarterback in the division. Right. And uh, we're we're even closer than that to, to saying he's the best Bears quarterback of the past uh, 
20, 30, 40 years, however far you want to go back. Uh, yeah. Because uh, it, it's pretty ugly. Jay Cutler had some, I mean, he had some production uh, in there, but he wasn't really a strong fantasy asset and, and obviously didn't, um, didn't bring the success to the bears that, that they right. hoped for. For sure. And I think very similar to that conversation, Ryan, is the, the Zach Wilson landing spot, you know, Jets fell in love with him and you see a lot of the arm talent. You see a lot of kind of impressive things he can do, but then I'm also kind of under that weird, well, he's on the Jets though. That kind of like what you were saying, mm -hmm. that kind of bothers me. And then also Josh Allen's in that division. You know, that there's another you know top quarterback that he's going to be going up against consistently. What's this, what's his ceiling? Is he kind of, you know, capped just like Herbert is or uh, what are your thoughts on Wilson? Yeah, I think there's just a, a little bit of uh, concern about the unknown with him. You know, played out at, at BYU, did not not a ton of casual fans, I guess, saw much of him. He he feels he, even though he had uh, production and, and impressive production each of his years at, at BYU, he feels like a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. And his mm -hmm. uh, his 2020 season was. Uh, far and away better than anything else we had seen previously. So that, and, and you're right, the Jets, uh, even though we're talking about new leadership there, new coaching staff, there's still that concern that, you know, are, are they the same old Jets? So right, it does right. seem like he is, he is kind of locked into that QB four spot, which is where you and I both have him for, right. for most people. That's what the ADP is showing us as well. Right. Yeah. I'm intrigued by him. I, I do think he's saying a lot of the right things. Like a lot of interviews that I've seen and just like kind of the way he carries himself. I have been a little bit impressed with him and Fields is already getting after it as well. Just, I just, I'm really excited to see kind of these guys play like the youth movement with the quarterback position across the league is pretty astounding. You look at, you know, last year we had, we have four guys from that class that are going to be starting and the year before we're at, I think four guys. So it's like we have, yeah. you know, almost half the league is going to be 25 ish or younger. And so I think that's a pretty, and you throw Donald in there from two years ago because he's so young. It's, it's just crazy to think about. Uh, Mac Jones, five, like not much to talk about. He probably is going to sit until Cam gets hurt probably, <laughs> but he, hey, he'll, he'll, he'll probably get a chance. But there's not much to work with New England. That's what worries me. They don't really have much weapons for him. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that part. Yeah, I am too. Um, of course, they bring in the two tight ends. That will, um, that will help. And um it, it feels like Mac Jones is the perfect quarterback for, for Bill Belichick and, and that offense. I, I think we'll see him, um, you know, sooner rather than later. And it, it'll be interesting between Lance Fields and Jones, just how quickly these guys get on the field. Right. And I mean, I think back to last year and, you know, I, coming on this show, you're obviously an expert and, and you and your listeners know way more about the, the card market than I do. I, I'm just kind of very, very, very fringe follower of it. I, I enjoy it. You know, like same story as, as probably a lot of people that I collected when I was a kid and, and have kind of dabbled again recently, but not, um, not enough to know what I'm talking about really, but, you know, <laughs> just looking at, at, at and kind of, again, fringe following it last year, obviously everybody was chasing Burrow and chasing Tua and, what we saw in, in dynasty is that Herbert fell as a result uh, of that. Like sometimes right. he even fell to the second round of drafts and super flex drafts where you can start two quarterbacks. Yeah. And I noticed the same thing with uh, very early on again, like early release. I, I don't even know exactly when, when those cards first released, but you know, 
everybody seemed to be after the top two guys and, and Herbert yep. was almost undervalued both in dynasty and in, in the card market. Yep. And it just, it, it, it seems like maybe we're going to do the same thing again this year with, with Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. And, um, there uh, again, from both cards and fantasy, there's, there's some advantages to be, uh, taken there. Right. And then that's the fun part. And I think uh, that's the fun part of seeing that trajectory. I was actually kind of mad because I'm a diehard, diehard Oregon fan. And I was kind of hoping that Tyrod Taylor would play more. I was hoping he'd last longer before getting his yeah. lungs punctured by the trainer. <laughs> so I was hoping we that, didn't uh, see that coming. Yeah. So I thought I was hoping Herbert wouldn't be thrown in the fire so quickly. And then when he did so well at the gate, then yeah, right. Once he kind of, especially with the burrow injury and Tua kind of getting a little stagnant, uh, yeah, Herbert just took off and he's just been the guy I'd say from about week six on, it was kind of everybody wanted the chargers now and that's kind of how it goes. And I think it's fun this year because I think that Hertz came late and I think that this year there's, you know, I, I'm not gonna put Mac Jones there yet, but fantasy wise, there's four guys that could be difference makers. I think that if things right. get going with Sam Fran, if, if uh, fields gets on, gets going, on the field, he could really use his legs and be a, uh, an attribute to fantasy. And the Bears have a pretty strong following too in the hobby. So if he's anything good, he's really going to be hot. Um, but yeah, it's it's really it's going to be a fun year for quarterbacks for sure. Let's so do you expect? Go ahead. Sorry, I just I just wondered. Do you expect um, the prices of of those first four guys to be just crazy from from the get go? Um, I would say it's going to be like Trevor Lawrence is going to be untouchable. Like he'll, he'll probably come out. I bet you more expensive than Herbert in terms of his price mm-hmm. in, in the hobby for sure. So he'll probably be up there when we get down to our values. I'd say he might be in Lamar Jackson top two or three values just because everybody kind of has him as a generational talent, like the Andrew Luck type. Right. Um, yeah. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson, I think will be kind of clumped. I think it'll be kind of pick your poison who's playing well, but I could kind of see them being, pretty close to maybe Kyler right now. And we'll get to Kyler where he's a little undervalued, but I think they could fall on that range. Um, it does kind of depend where the market's at, but I do, I do think those three are probably gonna be the most chased. And then Mac Jones, I think he will be the Patriots are a strong hobby buy as well, but I do think that his like singles might be a little bit cheaper to start until they actually see something. Cause I think there's a lot of, is he good enough to be just a thrower? Um, that's kind of my quick rundown on that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, some parallels to fantasy football, I would say. Right, for sure. Um, in terms of let's hit the running backs and receivers together here a bit. Uh, the running backs is kind of just three. I mean, there's always going to be some guys that pop up, like last year, James yeah. Robinson and Antonio Gibson. We can't get that far deep into it. But I mean, you you know, I were pretty much the same, except for you put uh, ETN in number one and switched Harris down to two. Um, I kept Harris one just because I think I felt like he was going to go to Pittsburgh the whole time. And then seeing what Pittsburgh's done with running backs just really excites me. I know their old line's taking a hit and they might not be as strong as usual. I just, I kind of feel like he might be the most productive out of the gate with a pretty strong hobby team as well. Um, but what are your kind of, why'd you put ETN first? What was your thoughts there? Yeah. So again, this is, this is from a dynasty perspective and, and thinking long-term if, yeah. if we're just talking about uh, redraft league or seasonal leagues, then I would prefer Harris. I, th- I think we're going to see a better year out of him uh, in 2021 basically has that backfield to himself. Um, uh, Pittsburgh has tried to tried to find some replacements for Le'Veon Bell over the past couple of years, and it, it hasn't worked yet. So this is certainly the closest they'll come. Um, right. But but long term, I, I prefer ETN. I, I I just honestly think he's a more talented running back, um, more versatile back as well. We've already heard uh, 
some of the ways that they're planning on using him, maybe maybe even split wide out as well uh, as as in the backfield. So yeah, uh, long term prefer ETN, short term Harris. That's that's pretty yeah, much what it comes down to. But they're they're definitely close there. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing too. And obviously the Clemson connection was part of the draft pick. I think, you know, oh, yeah. definitely Urban yeah. Myers trying to get a culture change there and he knows that those two are a positive piece of the culture. So um, I definitely feel you with that in terms of long term. What do you, what's your take on Javonta Williams? You know, I, I kind of, I know about him. I know he has some talent. I'm kind of worried about Denver though. I'm just not sure um, how successful he can be there. What's kind of your, let's say best case Javonta Williams in the next couple of years. What do you think? Well, I, I think from uh, again from a fantasy standpoint, he's already he's already more valued than Melvin Gordon for sure. Um, and I don't know exactly what the what Gordon's contract looks like, but yeah, if if that's favorable for uh, for Denver to move on from, I wouldn't be surprised if if he's not even on that roster in Week One, and and right. they just give the job to uh, to Javante Williams. Um, but long term, I, I mean, he's got some upside. They've, I mean, Denver, big picture, has to fix quarterback. Of course, they've been uh, rumored to be interested in in Aaron Rodgers. So, of course, that that would be a quick fix. But otherwise, yeah. I, otherwise, if it's not him, uh, or if it's not, I, I guess Deshaun Watson or, or someone like that, uh, we're we're gonna have another year of, uh, I think, subpar quarterback play. Right. Um, so a tough division. Like in, exactly in a tough division. So yep. uh, like Williams upside there, like the situation with a lot of other young talented players on, on that roster, on that offense specifically, mm-hmm. but it, it it's all about quarterback and, and they've got to get that figured out. Yeah. So I wasn't asking you this because I've been a long time <laughs> listener to you and I remember you were, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm quite confident you were pretty big on Amari Cooper coming out yeah. in terms oh, of yeah. his, his route running and just all those things. And so you have Devonta Smith at five and I have him at two. Tell me what you don't see in Devonta that you kind of saw in Amari or maybe why you have Devonta around five instead of closer to two or three. Yeah. I, I think there's just enough um, little concerns with Smith, like little knocks that he didn't have that production until his final year. Um, he's a little bit older than we normally like to see prospects. Obviously the size, I think, I think is the biggest concern uh, yeah. that we have just very rarely seen players um, of his stature make an impact in, in the league. Um, and, and I mean, what we, what we saw last year was just, I mean, it was the best wide receiver year in college ever. I think um, certainly the, the best, yeah. right. Certainly the best I can remember. So um I mean, if anybody can overcome that size, he's already shown us he can. But transitioning to the NFL on that Philly offense, where we're we're still not sure what to make of Jalen Hurts, certainly as right. as a passer, uh, exactly. there's there's just too many little knocks um, that that pushed him down my rankings compared to some of some of the other receivers. Okay, yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, how about you know Jamar Chase is kind of the clear cut one for most. Yeah. Um, how I my question is how close is your two? So for you, it's Jalen Waddle. Like how close is he on a tier by himself, or do you have Waddle and him pretty close? Um, but Chase is on a tier by himself. I yeah. I would say Jalen Waddle, who is is my two, is is closer to uh, the rest of the guys in my top five. Um. Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, Devontae Smith. He's closer to those guys than he is Jamar Chase. Like, okay. I already think Jamar Chase is a, a, a top 10, 12, 
dynasty wide receiver. Yeah, he's going to be really impressive. Um, if after, like, let's even say you know what you know about Jefferson now. Did you like Chase or Jefferson if you were thinking about last year? Uh, I mean, knowing what we know now, you you have to take Jefferson. That was right. uh, again one of one of the best rookie wide receiver seasons we've ever seen. Um, and I mean, I'm excited about Chase. I think, like I said, I think he's a top twelve dynasty wide receiver long term but justin jefferson might be the wide receiver one he certainly has a case for that to be the the top value guy in dynasty definitely so then let's let's talk about rondale more a little bit you have him a bit higher than most you have him all the way up to three um what are your thoughts on him yeah maybe maybe a little bias there he's uh he's a local boy to me here in kentucky and then and went up to purdue to play Uh, that's right yeah, I just think uh, you, you look at what he did in his freshman year and, and that, that, you know, that's going back away. We don't want to uh, – we have to be careful to give too much credit, especially earlier in a, in a player's career. But um, for me, I'm, I'm pretty much wiping out anything we saw in 2020 because uh, of, of all the situation uh, with COVID and everything else that was going on. Players were yeah. opting, opting out, opting back in, opting out again. <laughs> It was, yeah. it was a little crazy, but, yeah. um, you know, more followed up that, that awesome freshman season with, uh, with an injury, a big injury in his second year, unfortunately. So didn't really get to follow that up the way, uh, we had hoped or expected, but I love the landing spot. Uh, it, yeah. it might feel crowded in Arizona, but I don't really think it is like Andy no. Isabella just isn't going to get it done. I'm, I think AJ green is, is, is toast at this point. Yeah. And um, as much as I, I've I've been a pretty big Christian Kirk fan, but I'm I'm starting to think he's he's not the guy that fantasy players thought he was either. So yeah. he seems uh, kind of be could, like a one trick pony. He kind of yeah. just gets that deep ball every now and then, but that's it. Um, yeah, I'm totally with you. I think the landing spot's actually really intriguing. I think he can easily be the receiver too there, like a very consistent to Hopkins. And I think AJ Green's gonna have some value, like kind of like with Fitz. Like just they'll they'll make some plays and do some things to help the team, but. If, if more can get like move around the slot and get moved mm-hmm. around, I think he could be really dangerous um, in that offense for sure. Yeah. And I mean, he can, he can run the ball as well. He can take carries. Um, yep. and, and, you know, I don't, it, it's not fair to mention Smith's size and not Moore's, you know, he, he is, yep. he is undersized in, uh, in his own right, but, uh, but he's not a small guy. He's not a little guy, right? right? I mean, he's super thick. Um, if you've seen the video of him, uh, I, I think it was squatting 600 pounds. I mean, something just unreal. So yeah. he might be short, but he's not little. Okay. And the only difference we had, I mean, we had a mix up a little bit in our one through five, but the only guy you had in, I didn't, and was our number four. We both, you had Rashad Bateman. I had Elijah Moore. My thing against Bateman is like, it just seems like he lost that explosive step that he had in 19. Like mm. it just seemed last year he wasn't quite explosive. Even some of the rookie camp stuff, he doesn't look super explosive. I'm really worried about his like separation ability. Um, and so when it comes to the Ravens, I feel like Lamar needs that because of just, he's yeah. not really a pinpoint guy. And so I'm a little bit concerned with him in that aspect. Elijah Moore is more like the reason I have him at four is just pure new regime, like new, new group. Wilson there getting there with getting the right. same time as rookie cornerback kind of getting that rapport going um and you just see a lot of upside old miss I think he's kind of overlooked because the team wasn't very good but what are your kind of thoughts on Bateman and Moore yeah Moore would be six on my list for sure so uh we're not we're not too far off on him 
uh, I, I like him as a, as a prospect and player as well. And um, kind of the same thing we were saying about some of the other guys, he, he could easily be the most talented and most productive wide receiver on, on that jets team pretty quickly. Right. Um, as far as Bateman, um, seemed seemed like he lost some value due to that landing spot. A lot of people concerned about Baltimore. Uh, I'm I'm not quite as worried, and and um, but I, I do agree with you. Um, what we saw last year from him and at Minnesota was was not the same player that we saw previously. Uh, yeah. I noticed they used him a lot more in the slot, um, and I'm not sure what the reason for that change was um, because it didn't it didn't necessarily seem to be successful for for their team or for him um right. so i you know we'll we'll get him back on the outside uh in baltimore i expect and uh i think he can i think he can perform pretty well uh right. but yeah really from two to six you know waddle more uh, both moors bateman and smith are all pretty tight for me pretty tight yeah definitely for me as well awesome so like the main reason i got you to come on the show and you can see we we've already kind of hit 20 minutes talking about rookies that's the really fun yeah. part <laughs> but the reason i got you on the show is because i want to kind of go through each position of guys kind of current rank and value and i know that part you said you're kind of familiar with but not super but really tying it to your dynasty value um mm -hmm. and so for example patrick holmes you're one i'm just going to run through the prices and then we'll kind of talk about the group uh, he's going about 10 grand for silvers. He's the guy that's the cream of the crop. If you have a Mahomes silver, then you got a nice card. And um, these are all PSA tens. Um, I have a silver of Mahomes, but it's not a PSA 10. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen, he's about 950 to a thousand. Uh, he's number two for you. Lamar Jackson, number three, he's at 950, right in that range, just under Josh Allen now. So Josh Allen's finally passed him. Lamar was ahead of him for most of it. Um, Kyler's number four at 450 to 500. He's your rank four but you'll see he's not that in price uh mm -hmm. herbert your fifth 800 900 prescott 800 to 850 he's your six burrow seven at 650 to 700 russ wilson uh, he's a little different he's an older quarterback but uh 1400 1500 that's where the hobby difference kind of comes in they don't care about the age he's kind of accomplished a lot and then you have trevor lawrence ninth on your overall quarterbacks list which we don't have any hobby value for um, so just looking at that list, so, you know, we talked a little bit before backstage before we came on, like the guy that really stands out is definitely Kyler Murray. Anything else that stands out to you in that kind of group? Yeah, I would say, uh, the, the first two things that stood out to me and, uh, are the, the gap between Kyler Murray and, and everyone else on this list really, um, right. You know, he, he feels like, uh, like a screaming by and, in, in, uh, in the card market based just based on this. Um, I mean, the expectations from a fantasy standpoint, which uh, I mean, really fantasy football should mirror the NFL and, and uh, the card market kind of does the same thing. Right. But right. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is, what would you say is, is the reason for his lower <laughs> value at this point? Um, I think maybe it's a couple things. I think he's just undervalued in general. So I think we can just, we're not, I don't think he's appropriately valued first, but the reason I think he is down a little bit is you kind of end the year with like a dud. They kind of got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, they missed the playoffs when they were kind of rolling. So that kind of, they really skidded. So like, and then Arizona is also not a great market for, for sports cards. So he doesn't get a huge bump in that. And then just in general, that's a difficult division. The Rams are going to be super tough again. Seattle is always tough. Um, the Niners are going to be coming back. So it's also, they could be the fourth team next year. So 
Yeah. When it comes to quarterbacks in the hobby, it's, it comes down to success, that they need to have some success and win some games. And I think there's a lot of concern of how can the Cardinals compete in that division, I believe. Well, you know, that I think that is one big advantage that you have in the card market compared to fantasy players. Uh, you know, if I look at a guy like Kyler Murray and I decide that in fantasy football he's undervalued, I can say, go buy Kyler Murray. Yeah. But – I'm still in a league with 11 other people. And if the guy who has Kyler Murray agrees with me that he's, he's a great player, he's going to have a breakout season, whatever. I can't just go buy him. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that easy. It's not just, it's not my decision, right? There's a, a two, right. um, there's, there's two people in this transaction versus um, the card market. Somebody's always willing to sell. Um, yep. and always looking to sell. So right. uh, that to me, that's a big advantage you have in the card market compared to, to fantasy football. Uh, sure. The other thing that stood out to me uh, is <laughs> the obvious gap between Mahomes and, and everyone else. I mean, we're, we're talking about more than, than a 10 X difference here. And, and of course, Mahomes is um, I mean, he's easily the quarterback one in, in fantasy and in dynasty, but um yeah, just just surprised at the at the lofty price there uh, yeah. compared to the other guys. It's I mean Brady's not on this list, but he's the most valuable. So you have a Brady rookie card. It's uh, I should have looked it up. It's it's above Mahomes right now. Um, the okay. big discussion the big discussion that we had coming into uh, the Super Bowl was if Mahomes doesn't win this game, then Brady's basically untouchable in terms of legacy. Like if he doesn't, and so now it's kind of like Brady is essentially going to be the Mike Trout is in baseball right now for a rookie card of guys, the standard. That's the high right. number that you're trying to get to. Uh, Mahomes is on a different level. People just, I mean, he is probably the most talented quarterback I've ever seen just in terms of things he does and consistent basis. And he has a Super Bowl already. I think that ability to win multiple will continue to drive that up. Uh, I still don't think he should be valued above Brady for a long time. We'll see what that happens. But yeah, the gap there is interesting for sure that you'll, there's some, gains to be made by some guys if they can make a little bit more noise for the next year or two. Okay. That makes sense. But um, the the other thing I would say, and I'm a little bit biased here being a Cowboys fan, I do think there's a lot of opportunity for Dak to grow just because of how strong he started last year before injury, even though a lot of it was catch up and they were behind. This is going to be the, hopefully, you know, if he stays healthy, this is the first year he'd be with all of those talented receivers that they have. Um, if that old line can hold up. I just think that Dak's kind of a feel good story on a big market. So I think that that could definitely really um, he could grow. I think if the Cowboys have a little bit more success, I, I could see you know come back with broken leg. People like the feel good stories as well, so you kind of play the emotional piece. Um, yeah. But I could see I could see Dak gaining some value for sure. He was the other one that that slightly surprised me, um, being basically the same as Herbert, kind of in line with with Lamar Jackson and and even close to Josh Allen as well. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I, I think he's always he's always been undervalued um yeah you know part of it was he was uh, he wasn't the first round draft pick like most of these quarterbacks were he didn't enter the league with the expectations and i mean i'm sure um uh, you know i'm sure five years ago you could have gotten his rookie cards uh for next right. to nothing before yep. we saw him uh step onto the field um so it, we seem, I don't know, we seem to be a little stubborn as fantasy players to be really slow. And, and of course, I mean, he's still valued as a as a top 10 quarterback in, in dynasty fantasy football, but 
Um, he's not typically talked about with uh, in in the range of Allen and and Lamar and Herbert, uh, right? You know, for for whatever reason, and uh, and of course he had the injury last year as well. So all those things combined, I'm, I'm surprised his value is up. But uh, I mean, he's when he's been healthy and on the field, he's uh, he's played like mm-hmm. a top quarterback. So that it does make sense, uh, big picture. We'll see if you disagree with me or if there's another guy that maybe comes to your mind. It could be even a guy off your list. Um, Cause obviously we could talk about the, we'll say no rookies, but anybody come to your mind that could really make a big jump in your rankings uh, this year. And to me, just from the list I'm seeing, I think the borough has a pretty good ability to climb. Um, if he does come back healthy, if he comes back to form, I think he definitely could settle in around Lamar, Josh Allen, if, he does get going with Chase and company. Um, but do you have any kind of guys off the top of your head that you could climb your ranks? Um, I mean, for me, I, I, I would kind of look to the younger guys. Um, you said no rookie, so I'll, I'll go with second-year guys instead. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts, I mean, we saw right. him, of course, in the season on, on a crazy hot streak. He averaged thirty uh, over 30 fantasy points for three straight games uh, before he was – somehow pulled uh, in that <laughs> in that week 17 game um so you know if he can continue he's not going to average 30 points uh, 30 fantasy points for the full season but if he can come close to that production and and basically show that that he's the real deal then I, I'm, I'm sure his market would grow like crazy um yep. and then to a tongue of Aloha, we've We've already seen the market from for him um, as as he came into last season as as that hyped rookie and along with Burrow, you know, he was the guy that uh, everybody was chasing as they were, you know, were were ripping packs and things. Um, and I think I think his value's probably dropped since then. His card value has, yep. uh, his yep. his fantasy value has as well. So you don't see him here on the top, uh, top 10 quarterbacks, but same, yep. same thing. If he can, uh, improve on that, on that rookie season, they've added some weapons there in Miami, then I would expect his value both in cards and in fantasy to, uh, kind of get back to where, where it was last summer. Yeah, I definitely think too is a good one as well. Let's move to, let's move to running backs here. Um, I'll again, I'll just kind of read through your ranks with the pricing. We'll kind of talk about, you know, where to go from here. I mean, definitely we're going down a notch in terms of the dollar signs. Uh, but uh, Christian McCaffrey, you still have one off his injury year, injury year, 320 to 400 is his PSA 10 right now uh, out of 2017. Jonathan Taylor um, is year two. He's at 160 for PSA 10. He just had the people, those are like newly graded. So they might be a little bit high right there. Uh, Barkley, uh, 250. He's your three for you. Kamara, number four still for 200. Cooks five for 220, and then DeAndre Swift's your six, and he actually didn't have much graded, so I just put his raws about 35 bucks is where he's at. So he's pretty cheap. People aren't really on the DeAndre Swift bandwagon yet. Um, what kind of sticks out with that group? And the one thing I will ask you is, what it, like what would it take for Barkley to get one? Um, and I ask that because it just seems like we've had so much expectations on him, and so like we've seen the talent just hasn't really all come mm-hmm. together with the team and the situation. Yeah. Um, do you think we're overreaching? Do we have too high expectations for him or do you think he can get there? I think the expectations have kind of come down, uh, after the injury issues. And I think his values come down as well. I mean, he was certainly challenging, uh, Christian McCaffrey to be that RB one in, in fantasy and dynasty. 
Um, and then these injuries just have people concerned. So, I mean, right. a healthy, uh, a healthy high level season could certainly put him back at that one spot or, or pushing for that one spot. And uh, as great as Christian McCaffrey is, um, fantasy players are, are are pretty fickle when it comes to the running back position. And yeah. um, you know, once you get to 25, 26 years old, certainly older than that then uh, we're kind of, we're kind of ready to move on. So right. um, I, I think McCaffrey is, is like ripe to be ripe to be picked off for that uh, RB one spot, whether it's Taylor or Barkley, uh, maybe it's Deandre Swift, maybe it's yep. Cam Akers or JK Dobbins or Antonio right. Gibson. We saw, we saw so many great uh, rookie running backs from last year that could continue to gain value. And, and again, I'm talking both fantasy and, and cards. Um, so, so that's what stands out to me is, is the, uh, the swift price. Uh, again, we kind of talked about that, uh, off the air and I would assume they're, they're not listed here on, on my ranks, but I would assume the guys that I just mentioned, Akers, Dobbins, Gibson, yeah. those guys are they're, probably in that same price range. Right there. I, I think Akers people tend in the hobby right now tend to like Akers more than swift actually. Um, yeah. Gibson is kind of, I'd say right in the swift realm. In terms of value, like not not getting much graded, and when grading's getting more expensive, people are being pretty selective in what they grade. Um, yeah, but sense. yeah, of that list that I look at, if we're like suggesting a sell, it might be Kamara for me. I actually have a lot of shares of Kamara in Dynasty, and I'm just really worried with with no breeze that those easy PPR points aren't going to be there, and his production's going to take a dip. So I am a little bit concerned about him. So I could like seeing that Cook's a little bit more valuable him makes sense to me. Um, but also I can kind of see Kamara start to fade as a player possibly. I do think he has like mm. a long-term skill set. I don't think he's the guy that's going to like leave and he's going to be one year. He's going to be gone. I just think that massive production isn't going to be there again. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think that Taylor, I said <laughs> a couple of shows ago, I think he has capability of being a 2000 yard rusher. I think he could do that if the Colts really commit the run like they did towards the end of the year. I mean, yeah, I think you probably know better than me. I think he had 900 yards in five games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he's shown that he, he can do it and he's used to that Wisconsin of just, you know, carrying the load. Now, you know, that's yeah. probably not going to be sustainable for a five, six year career. Um, but Taylor's definitely interesting in the hobby to me next year for sure. So we, we talked about so many things that are kind of parallels between, uh, cards and fantasy. So, so let me ask the dumb question that, that looks like it's not a parallel, uh, I mean, when, when we're building, building fantasy teams, we're typically focused on running backs and wide receivers first. Yep. And, uh, and then quarterbacks are honestly kind of a dime a dozen. And unless you're playing that super flex format where you, where you need two of them, uh, that's, that's, that's not the same in, in cards. So, um, and, and I get it. I mean, the quarterback is the star of, you know, the star of most teams and, and right. the, the biggest name player. So I, I get that they would be valued um, in general over the other positions, but when you have that, that established productive star player, um, like some of these names on this list that have been, have been strong producers for multiple years. Um, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm just surprised that they're not closer to that quarterback price range. So, yeah. it, I mean, is it that, is it kind of that simple that we just, value quarterbacks above all else it is it really is to be honest with you like even you look at jerry rice rookie cards versus joe montana they're probably you know four or five x more from montana just the quarterback oh, wow. just gets gets that kind of clout even over the all-time greats 
Um, you know, the, the Calvin Johnsons, the Randy Mosses, like there's some weird parallels of that too, being a little bit more, I don't want to say junk act, wax era, but like kind of closer oh, yeah. where there's more production. Um, but I, I would say that the since I've gotten into this and followed this a little bit closer, the run back receivers have slightly, slowly risen, actually gotten some value. I think before it was just kind of like quarterback only. People wouldn't even grade the other cards. And so I do think that oh, we wow. are starting to see a little bit of a trickle down. Um, but I, I asked the same question because, like you said, we all build in terms of fantasy. Running back, receiver is your core. Quarterbacks, cool. I'll take the I'll take the seventh guy, whatever. He's just going to be two points a game difference, and the top guy will be fine. Um, definitely, the quarterback is just kind of the goat when it comes to <laughs> the card values. But okay, that makes sense. For forgive the uh, the the novice question there. No, it's it it's confusing sometimes because then you think that you know pitchers and baseball are so important, um, but they're not valued that way. Like people, right. they don't value pitch and a lot of it's, a lot of it's injury based. I do think a lot of it's based on injuries. Pitchers, a lot of pitchers have Tommy John, a lot of pitchers get hurt. A lot of running backs get hurt. A lot of receivers get hurt. Quarterbacks a little more sustainable too. People feel safer with it as well. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe, maybe it comes down to, uh, it's as simple as what we see the most. And if you're watching a game, you're going to see the quarterback, you yeah. know, you're seeing the quarterback every single play. Uh, if you're watching a baseball game uh, or, or, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you're watching games every day. You're seeing a pitcher every fifth game, right? right. Every fifth day. Yep. Um, exactly. But you're seeing, you know, you're seeing Mike Trout every single day, uh, and, yep. and so on. So maybe, maybe exactly. it's that simple. Yeah. So let's jump into your receiver ranks. So uh, my favorite position: uh, AJ Brown. You have one. Just Jefferson two. Metcalf three. Uh, so sorry, Brown's 300 to 320 for his PSA 10 out of 2019 Prism. Jefferson's 240 to 320. Just got some kind of coming out being graded for Jefferson. Metcalf also out of 19, 200 to 220. Uh, CD Lamb 150. Uh, Devonte Adams 500 because he's an older guy, but he's that's why he has his values higher. Uh, Tyreek 250, and then you have Jamar Chase at seven, which obviously we don't have any values for. Um, kind of looking at that group, what kind of stands out in terms of the card value to you compared to your ranks? Uh, by CD lamb, like right now, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you know, I, I rank him that highly, um, as, as a guy coming off of his rookie year, because I expect him to continue to improve. I expect him to, um, not just have the value of some of these other guys on the list, but, but the production as well. Um, and if that happens, I'm assuming his, his price is going to be in that same range, uh, potentially, you know, doubling or more to, to kind of match Jefferson and, and Brown. Mm-hmm. Dude, let me ask you about Brown just because my only concern with Brown, and he's probably one of my favorite receivers to watch in terms of his approach, to the game, my ball mentality, just the way he plays. And it reminds me of like kind of Anquan Bolden, just like I'm it's mine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I really like that. I'm just concerned about the Titans uh, as a group. Like how long is Tannehill going to be? It's just like, how long is he going to be good? What's their plan after that? Is, that, is he still going to be good at when they do try something else? Because uh, like I feel a little bit better about uh, Metcalf in that realm. You know, you know Russell Wilson. I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I think he'll be playing for a yeah. while. You know, C.D. Lamb. I think Dax will be playing for a while. Adams. What's he like after? I really like the QB marriages. So like, if it doesn't look it's long term, it, it kind of worries me. But in terms of like AJ Brown, um, and we can say maybe Devonte Adams. Do you have any worry about their kind of long term because of the quarterback situation? Um, really with Brown more worried about, uh, just about the offense in general, you know, they, they lose their offensive coordinator, uh, moves over to, um, to the Falcons. And I mean, he, he kind of had the, the magic touch, right? I mean, he gets the, the best season, the career season out of, 
uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Derrick Henry rushes for 2,000 yards. Obviously, A.J. Brown had his had his true breakout season. Corey Davis finally had a good year. Um, Johnny Smith started the season out on fire. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm kind of worried they all take a step back. I do think A.J. Brown is – is on a different level than than all of those other guys, his his teammates, uh, maybe maybe other than Derrick Henry. Um, so I, I think he can he can overcome that. But yeah, I'm, I'm worried they're they're not going to match that same type of uh, of, of efficient offense. Yeah, I think if we asked if, if you and I talked like a year ago, I would have DK Metcalf number one no matter what. And I was a little <laughs> bit underwhelmed with his year last year. I think he still showed some great plays. He's yeah. still showing. Well, he's still throwing a lot of talent. I mean, he's, you still have him three, but he didn't really take that massive step I thought he was going to take. Um, so I kind of really agree with your rankings in that aspect. C.D. Lambley really interesting because Cooper's not going to be there forever. So when he is right. the number one guy too, like the sky's the limit for what he can do. So I'm with you 100% to buy there. Um, Tyreek Hill has always been a really interesting price point when it's come to receiver rookie cards. I think some of it's the off the field stuff. I think people don't really mm-hmm. want to invest in the guy because of that in the hobby realm. And then I just think he might be one of the, I don't want to say safer, but I think that his skill, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Like I don't, I think he can do what he's doing for a long time. And so I do think that sustainability, if they win another Super Bowl or maybe two more, I think that he could get a nice bump from that as we slowly forget about the weird off the field stuff. That's not confirmed, kind of confirmed. Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. um, Yeah. Always always a touchy subject for sure. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I I guess I'm surprised to see the gap in, in his value compared to Adam's. Um, Those guys kind of valued the same way in, in fantasy football and, and uh, you know, Adam's being double the value here in in the card market. Um, Let let me ask another dumb question then. You, you've talked about with with Brady, with Russell Wilson, with um, with Adams. Basically, those guys have been in the league in the league longer, um, leading to some higher value in their cards. So, what's the market like in general? Once we either see the decline in in play, like we talked about, maybe with some of those running backs, that they might be, uh, you know, kind of nearing the the plateau potentially, or or yeah. just when they retire, you know, like. Uh, when if Rogers retires and he says uh, I'm I'm done with the Packers I'm just going to retire yeah. or Brady so retires Rogers do we see a, a dip so I don't think he does no the quarterbacks don't really see a dip um, so a couple things to that question so uh, Rogers off the top of my head he's probably close to 3K for his like rookie card so he would be okay. still under Mahomes because like Mahomes is he might be overpriced but he you know. Um, Rogers has done it longer. I think a lot of people just think Mahomes will be able to do it long, which I, I believe in it too. Um, but yeah, so like those older guys, their value kind of stays. I, I don't, I think the decline is more for like, for example, like a Michael Thomas decline. I think that does dip more because he kind of had, he had a very productive time, but now it just kind of fell off and people are really worried about him. So I think that he was the top receiver last start of last year in terms of value. He was, he was in the 300 range. Um, and then guys like, for example, the receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, he's way more than these guys because Larry Fitzgerald is a hall of famer. His PSA 10 rookies are going to be, um, over all these guys, probably even over Adams. I think depending on if it's his tops Chrome or not, it's probably going to be, I'd say close to 800, 900 range for like a hall of famer locked in guy. So, so but if, if, a, if a guy like, uh, like Alvin Kamara, who, I mean, he's been very productive, but you know, overall, it's a relatively short window. If he falls off the cliff, 
his yeah. his card value is probably going to do the same thing. His card values are going to do the same. I, I believe okay. so. Yeah. When you have guys like you, know, when it comes to running back, especially, you kind of kind of think about guys like you know Adrian Peterson that did it for a really long time. Um, and still was productive, even his little short stints of their teams. He, he, his rookie cards are still people still kind of like him because he was long term. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, it needs to be more of a long term career for sure to not lose that dip. So like, um, yeah, Devonta Adams. Like if Devonta, he starts to slide a little bit next year and the year after, he might have done enough with the Packers like long term to still kind of hold a higher receiver ranking in people's mind of wanting that card. Um, and that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, so that's again, that's another parallel because in in fantasy and dynasty, we just we really want these running backs for about three years, and then right. and then we're ready to move on. So right. um, I, I would tell a dynasty player now's a great time to sell Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook and maybe even right. Christian McCaffrey. And uh, it, it sounds like I would tell a card collector the same thing. Based exactly. On yeah, saying. exactly. And that's why I want to have you on. And like you said, buy CD lamb. Like you think he has ability potential to be the number one guy and receiver is definitely, I think a longer term thing as we know in fantasy and in the hobby world. So those type of plays is exactly why we're, we're doing this. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought, I think, that's that was a huge meet of what we wanted to go over. And I just want to throw the quarterback question I had talked to you before the show. Um, I'll talk about Drew Locke. I'm going to come out with an article the, this weekend. Um, I'm going to talk about five quarterbacks that either things didn't change, which is good, or things changed for them in a good way. And I thought I wanted to talk about Drew Locke because they didn't draft a quarterback, they didn't bring anybody in, they haven't got Rodgers yet, but they do have the got a running back, they got O line help, um, they have Sutton coming back, Judy's second year. Um, it does seem if he can put it together, he's in a situation that he could succeed. Uh, I think he does have some some arm talent. I don't know if he has the full quarterback picture that you hope for. Yeah. But I think he's just a guy to watch in the hobby. His cards have dipped. Like when his first year, Ryan, um, him and Daniel Jones were like kind of just under Kyler for a long time. Um, coming wow. into the okay. year, coming into the year, those three, all of them were about a thousand for their PSA 10 oh coming gosh. into the year. The card market was, yeah. And I was saying, sell, I was like, sell locks, sell Jones. I just, I just don't believe in Daniel Jones at all myself. Um, yeah. Maybe that's some Cowboys bias, who knows? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think Drew Locke's definitely got to watch in terms of something could happen there for his card values. They've kind of tanked. He gets a couple of wins under his belt. The Broncos get going, you know, there's opportunity there. Do I think that's happening? I wouldn't bet on it, but he's that opportunity. And then you kind of want to talk about two a little bit more. Or do you yeah, want to really just, yeah, well, just no. I don't want to talk about Locke. Kind of, I would say, kind of echoing what what I said earlier about two. I think he's he's set up to to bounce back from what was viewed as kind of a disappointing season. But uh, I mean, when you think overall about that rookie season, he's coming off a hip injury. Uh, overall, I mean, we were we were surprised he was even on the field, let alone you know starting games. Um, the the Dolphins have retooled. Uh, that that receiver core, uh, they bring in Will Fuller, they bring in Jalen Waddle. I think both of those guys um, are, are suited to to Tua's game. So, um, and, and one thing I like to do from a from a, a, a dynasty standpoint is I want to chase those players who have um, who have already shown me that they can that they can have some value. They've already had established value. Maybe they've lost that value, but there's a path for them to to bounce back and to regain that. Um, That's why I I am still kind of on Daniel Jones a little bit. He's had the value. I think, I think he could 
regain it once again. So I'm I'm yeah. still I'm I'm still a little bit of a buyer on Daniel Jones. Well, he has uh, the but weapons. I certainly yeah. right he has right the, he has I, I, I certainly am. Yeah, I certainly yeah. am with with Tua, and I think the other guy I wanted to ask you uh, about kind of where he stands in the card market is Baker Mayfield, um, yeah. a, another guy who had um, the the best season of his career. They didn't really do too much. The Browns didn't to um, add to to his uh, you know add to his weapons. They they get the the speedster out of Auburn. I think in the uh, third round, I believe Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz, yeah, but. But overall, they're they're pretty much bringing back what they had last year. Um, but Baker, like the names we talked about, the quarterback position earlier, a former uh, top pick, and and I would think that would help his his value uh, in in both areas. Um, like, how much are yep. his cards typically? His rookie cards. So I don't like I said when I did our list for your stuff, I didn't update his in my mind, but he's been consistently about half the price of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen okay. in that class, and okay. I think that he's been undervalued for a while. Uh, we talked about it in the playoffs after his playoff win. I mean, however you want to take it or not, you know, Shani, one of the guys that comes on my show quite a bit, he's a big Steeler fan. That that Browns win over the Steelers was massive for that franchise to get off mm-hmm. the deck and actually yeah. show a pulse to being to establish himself. And I think Baker's a big reason that he, he hasn't done a ton like that's Mahomes like, or he's not just putting up crazy numbers. But what I was impressed about that Steeler game that really kind of sold me that Baker's undervalued is when it was third and six or third and four, they're throwing like he was converting mm-hmm. and moving the chains yeah. of the Steelers and make sure they kept the ball and not just pack it in hope to hold that big lead. They were still putting the ball in his hands. And, you know, if OBJ ever comes back to anything yeah. close that he was and, um, I do think that Baker is an undervalued in the hobby as well. That's a good call for sure. Nice, nice. I would yeah. I would say the same in fantasy. He's um I think he's he's down at uh he's quarterback 17 in our latest ADP. Uh so okay. that's pr- pretty good value there, I think. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so I mean I'm just thought again, thanks for coming on the show. I really was excited for this show for a long time. Uh, I know that you're getting ready to wind down as a teacher in Kentucky. So uh, definitely yep. enjoy the summer. Definitely have a beer for me. And, uh, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, yeah, wait, sorry. Do you want to plug uh, where people can find your, your content and your work? Uh, sure, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Uh, and you can check out all of my work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Perfect. All right. Thanks again, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tyson.